0: The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, Who are Right Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Body Bio, get 20% off any Body Bio order with code Mike's Tummy, bodybio.com. Adam Kasebi, the official realtor of the process, 302-864-8643. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, Stateside Vodka, On the show today, a Sixers center, one of their seven, tears his ACL and meniscus before the season even begins. A listener sees Kylo Quinn in public and reminisces about all the backup centers we've had since Joel Embiid has been here. Should the Sixers trade James Harden for Tyler Hero? Could B-Ball Paul start at power forward? Doc Rivers will be doing national TV games. And of course, a listener asks if we've ever had group sex and another one asks which Sixer, we'd like to be in a cuckold situation with. (laughs) Stateside Craft Vodka. Look, I am a big fan of their vodka. I love their vodka. But it seems what has taken Stateside to new heights is the Surfside iced tea and vodka. I remember when it was new, and now it's fucking Everywhere. 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 Up here in the New York metro area, North Jersey, it's fucking everywhere. Billboards. Everybody loves it because it tastes great. It's only got 100 calories. It's only got three grams of sugar. It's lightly sweet. Surfside iced tea and vodka. It's the perfect summer drink. I mean, when it gets to the fall, it'll be the perfect fall drink. But for Mm -hmm. summer, it's really, really, really good. And there's a bunch of different flavors, the peach tea and vodka, the iced tea, lemonade, and vodka, the lemonade and vodka. There is a combo pack, like a variety pack you can get at statesidevodka.com. My recommendation to you, give it a try. You gotta be 21 though. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef.
1: We will write y'all, we, were right, y'all. we were right.
0: Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, firmly in the middle of the offseason. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy whose ACL and meniscus are at this recording time
2: fairly intact. That is Mike Levin. They are. I did uh tweak my knee the other night and had to sit out for a sec, but it, it was okay. I was are you always worried. I never worried while I'm playing that something is gonna hurt or get or or get seriously injured and i've never luckily had a serious injury like that just a a broken foot in a a couple small places and a broken nose but after it happens and you're tweaking something you're like i don't how do i know how are you going to find out if like is this the acl is this whatever i don't know my body very well at all but i walked it off and it was okay the one so far so good i've outlasted trez the one injury
0: fear i always had playing basketball and i cannot play with other people anymore i can shoot around which is nice but i can't play i saw a kid in high school once like get his finger um uh what's it called
2: dislocated, Not
0: and, dislocated and it was all like mangled and i saw it he was playing basketball and he held it up this kid jay siervo he's fucking skinny as fuck this guy and he is he, holding up his finger and it was all mangled and from that point on Every time I caught a ball, like I constantly thought about getting my finger dislocated while playing mm. basketball, which is tough because you have to touch the ball all the time.
2: That's such a big part of it. Yeah. Such a big part of basketball is being able to touch the ball. Yeah, for many people. For many people. So Montrez
0: Harrell, they sign, you know, he he uh he declines his option. He checks out the market shockingly no one's in the Sixers re-sign him and he tears his ACL and his meniscus before the season even starts
2: sucks for him as a person sucks for him as a person um and and as a player yeah. I mean it's, you know it's all despite the fact that he's 29 plays like he's 38 he, this is like the last you know he's later in his career and an injury yep. like this late in your career it sucks it's a it's a massive bummer for him but he shouldn't have played before and he shouldn't be playing now. Yeah. It's like, at least now there's a reason to not play him.
0: Yeah. And honestly, at this point, now he can just be the kind of guy that can hang out and get in a fight with Giannis after the game and be a good locker room guy and never, ever get in a game.
2: Can so, they do like a, an injury exception? So they can, per Sixers
0: Adam, who reported one thing and then wow. was obviously scolded by somebody within the team to, <laughs> to correct it. So in from free agency, they can get 50% of it as an injury exception. So the, the cap hit was like 2 million. So they can get a million dollar injury exception and in a trade, they can get 50% of the cap hit plus a hundred thousand dollars. So it would be 1.1 million. So not even That's enough so for small.
2: And um, this is an argument for, we should have given Trez more money. Had we yep. known that he was going to tear his ACL, I would have been uh, all about giving him more money to then get the exception. Uh, so it doesn't seem like that'll help much, yeah. but there is still, you know, the Sixers had a roster spot open before this. Now they have, how would we know? We're right. not, I'm so sorry to say they have 15 <laughs> roster spots open. Um, <laughs> but if, yeah, I mean, we're not, yeah, we're not looking at the roster anyway, but yeah. this is now two non playable spots currently. So there's stuff, stuff has to, stuff has to happen at some point.
0: The good thing was, you could consider his spot non-playable in the first place. That's right. Not really any, any change. Speaking of backup centers. But do feel three, bad for the guy, truly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it sucks. So. 833 Lickface is the number. Hello, Spike, uh, motherfucker. That hasn't happened in a while. If we're being honest, I haven't had it not connected in a while. Voicemail thing. There's gotta be a better way. I'm not blaming the way I'm blaming me, of course, but here we go.
3: Oh, Spike, Mike, and CJ. My name is Sean, first-time caller, long-time listener. Wrapping up a lunchtime walk here, enjoying the pleasant weather. And earlier in my walk, I encountered Kyle O'Quinn. I was walking through Northern Liberties, saw Kyle seated at a brunch restaurant. Didn't say hello, but kind of slowed down, did double take. I was like, yep, that's Kyle O'Quinn. So this had me thinking, would love for you guys to provide a list of the best Embiid backups uh, over the past however many years. And I know there's been a lot, so maybe just limit it to to the top 10. So that's my basketball question. Here's to where Kyle It in there if he makes the top 10 at all. Non-basketball question, favorite video game. Thanks, guys. Love the pod. Take care.
2: My microphone keeps falling down. What's mm. going on? Wow. Come on, Mike.
0: Get it we'll fucking fixed. What are you doing here? My favorite video game was, the. can I pick two? It was the same time. It was the original NBA Jam, the original Mortal Kombat. I was fucking really good at both of them. It was the, my heyday in terms of video game playing. I'm talking about arcade game. Mm. Those were my favorites.
2: Uh, I mean, I got to go to College Hoops 2K8. Oh, uh, there you go. That's the spot. Shout out Ricky O'Donnell. Shout out Ricky Charisma. Shout out Deke Van. Shout out the pandemic watching live streams of Ricky do College Hoops two K eight simulations. What a thrill. We were in a dark place. We were doing two podcasts a week. <laughs> yeah. That was getting me through it. Uh what was the other one? Oh, it was Kyla Quinn. We talk so, about yeah, all the, time. the backup centers all the time. So yeah, yeah I, I, number we, one through ten is B ball Paul. It was interesting to go
0: through because there were some okay. 16, 17, his first season. I, I somehow blacked out on the fact that Okafor and Noel and Embiid were on the team at the same time. Like plans. Yes. Do you I, remember how many minutes Embiid and Noel shared the court? I was it like three or four minutes or something like that. It was eight, eight minutes. I, I'm looking at this. The first year that Joel Embiid was center. Now remember, he only played 31 games, but. Rashawn Holmes, Jaleel Okafor, Nerland Noel, Tiago Splitter, mm-hmm. all on the team. And Rashawn, at the time,
2: they kind of drafted as a power forward. Mm. So then the next year was Obviously when his skill set does spent. not lend itself to that.
0: No. The next year we spent a bunch of money on Amir Johnson. Mm-hmm. So it was Amir Johnson, Rashawn Holmes, Jaleel Okafor. I, uh, Jaleel Okafor was on the season the team for. Two years while Mm -hmm. Embiid was here. Mm -hmm. Wild. Then the next year, Amir Johnson stays Boban Marjanovic, Greg Monroe, Justin Patton, Mike Muscala. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mike Muscala. Then the next year, your boy, uh, Jonah Bolden, Crypto Jonah,
2: Al Horford. Who's much more of a, even, even the bad version of Jonah. It's a stretch to say Joan is a well. It's stretch to say Joan is a basketball player at this point. Yeah, but at the time he was a power forward. Sure. Who I was hoping could play some small ball sure. five. And that year with Horford, Kylo Quinn was
0: there that year, and Norvel Pell, who was a favorite of mine for a very brief time, yeah. fouled more. You think B-ball Paul fouls a lot? Yeah. Norvel Pell's fouling problem was something unmatched. Quite a bit. Then the next year. Tony Bradley, Dwight Howard, Vincent Poirier. Yep. Forgot about Poirier. I never would. Then, just an amazing year. Now, B-Ball call, Paul comes in 21-22. We did have Willie Cauley-Stein on a 10-day. Mm-hmm. Bassey, DeAndre Jordan, and Paul Millsap was a sixer. That's right. Yep. And then, of course, this year, we had Paul Reed, Montrezl Harrell, and, uh,
2: and Dwayne Dedman. I would say that... Would you count Horford as a, as Embiid's backup or would you not? I think it's unfair to count him as Embiid's backup because okay. that's not why they then signed him. Then the answer is number one, B-Ball Paul. Number two, Andre Drummond. Number three, Charles Bassey.
0: How did I forget Andre Drummond? Why did I, forget? I didn't even mention. Three, Bassie. Hmm. Think Bassey
2: was better than Rashawn? Uh... uh no, I mean, Rashawn's had a better career at this point. He fell out of favor in in Sacramento, and some weird stuff went down. Obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe Nerlens. Nerlens wasn't healthy that season. If you got, yeah. if you could do a, a healthy Nerlens, especially in the like twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen range, uh, you probably would. LL Pavorsky is at the tournament right now. Yes, he is
0: available. Texting me. He, yeah, he's texting me too. Do you get the picture of JP Tokoto?
2: Of course, I did. Got yeah. two. Yeah,
0: that is our original sponsor, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Of course, his son, young Jake Pavorsky, director of like player personnel or something for the tournament. I forget what his job is, but the Ricky logo, shining. He's the blue.
2: he's the cup you hold up at the end. <laughs> you hold Jake above your head, <laughs> a bronze price. Jake. <laughs> they 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 inscribe
0: your name, your team's name yeah. into Jake. Yeah, into Jake. Yeah. Awesome to see by the way, the the Ricky logo at the tournament is pretty sick. So I thought hey.
2: it was funny that it doesn't say podcast anywhere on there. It no. just says the, the race Ricky right. Chan says say the name. Yeah. Put it up there, CJ. There it is. Now if you I guess there's a ball that's ostensibly looks kind of like a microphone. Yeah. Is on the logo. Yep. But it, we're really not help we're not trying to get new listeners through this. Sure. Just have people Google it. You wanted to Google it. Yeah. Okay. We'll fucking figure
0: it out. By the way, they're in Philadelphia at a basketball thing. They have to fucking know.
2: Might say podcast. Nah. Listen to. Nope. Not helping them. <laughs> like it the way it is. Figure figure it out yourself. Figure it out yourself. Yeah, fuckwad. Figure it okay. out yourself.
0: Google it google it ll Pavorsky jewelers figure out yourself fuckwad the original sponsor of the ricky the only place you can go for an engagement ring the only place you can go for any piece of jewelry you got this email from a listener about ll this came from i don't know he says uh hi spike mike cj Kristen, philip and daryl i've purchased many products from your sponsors i have a big barker i order e-light and all your sponsors have great products, and I enjoy supporting small businesses rather than mega corporations of the world. However, no sponsor has the personal touch of Lee Paworski. I've been married for 20 years, and for my anniversary this year, I decided to surprise my wife with a new engagement ring. Now, I decided this a little close to the actual anniversary, so I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get it done on time. I set a virtual appointment with Lee, but he wasn't there as he was at a summer basketball tournament. No, I set a virtual appointment with Lee. Unbeknownst to me, he was on vacation. Not only did he respond that day, but he started sending me options. So before we had our meeting, I was already leaning a certain direction. On the call, one of the first things he asked me if I was a member of Coven. we hammered out <laughs> what we were going to do. He worked within my budget and got the ring off to me in time. The most amazing thing is he, I was not sure of my wife's, my wife's ring size. Lee calmly said, send me a picture of her holding something. Wow. To say he nailed the size is an understatement. It's perfect. Wow. My That's wife my has been thrilled with the ring. Her only complaint is that Lee sent me a t-shirt with the ringleader of Coven on the front, and she doesn't even want me to explain what it means. L.L. <laughs> Alpavorsky Jewelers, uh, the phone number. You got to make an appointment like this guy did. 215-627-2252. Send an email, lee at Llpavorsky.com or tweet at him at lee at L. L a supporter of our charities, Providence Animal Center, Mama T's Community Fridge, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Say the name, say the words to the proposal. The hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week came from Jacob. The filter in last week about Barbie and Oppenheimer made me forget I have to listen to this podcast about the fucking Sixers afterwards. I want to go back to the pandemic format. It does. It is. well,
2: that's August. Yeah, it's It's pretty close.
0: This comes from William, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Basketball question. The Sixers are in the playoffs next year, and the only option is to listen to Doc Rivers and JJ Reddick for the entire game, giving their snarky insights about their time with the team.
2: How would you tolerate this? Obviously. I I, I really got to say it. I, I know you disagree, and this is a fine thing for us to disagree on. Mm-hmm. I think JJ is very good on the broadcast. Oh, you would. I don't think he's good like on a studio show. Mm-hmm. For the most part, mm-hmm. but I think on the broadcast, he's totally fine. I think he has actual insights to the game mm-hmm. that for the most part, the people that not all of them, but for the most part, the people that those national companies hire are told like not to have any insights whatsoever. They are not told that that is not what happens. Then they just inherently have no insights. And JJ provides some sometimes he just spits some other what through. you read on the
0: internet because he read it too. That is all he does. He is, he, he
2: at least he brings things into this situation that is like, I've, I, I recently played professional basketball and here's what I see. Mm. I just think it's helpful. Mm. Okay. Whereas we can disagree, obviously. I'm I'm glad we do. Yeah. But we have, (laughs) we have Doc Rivers. How uh, do you feel about uh, Doc? You fucking like him too? You fucking like all these guys? Not not at all. (laughs) Who's not going to say anything interesting whatsoever. He has not learned a new fact since 1995 Mm -hmm. and he has no interest in it. I do think that Mark Jackson was horrendous obviously yep. and added no value except for unintentionally being funny. Um
3: it is a little I don't weird. think I don't think
2: Doc will be unintentionally funny but I do think he will probably be, be more dramatic um than than uh than Jack, Mark Jackson was. And I obviously I do like Doris Burke and I know people don't but I I think she's great and I think Doc is going to be terrible. And watch and, you know, Doris Burke, a Philadelphia product, lives in Philadelphia and Doc Rivers, Philadelphia coach. There's going to be some uh, there's going to be a lot of Doc calling Sixers games this season for us to mute. Well, Doris is banned. And I would just like to say
0: that I believe I was first on not liking Doris. I want to say that I know many people have joined me since then, but I have not liked Doris on TV for a long time. And also, she is banned because she didn't say the name when she had perfect opportunity to do so. So, non basketball question just to see what kind of people you are, have you ever been in a sexual encounter with more than one person involved? A simple oh. yes or no will do, but
2: details would be appreciated. Wow. Well, wow. Well. I'll start. No. And let me just make it clear not trying to be cool, not even close. So yeah. That's uh, me. So this is interesting for me because it's very
0: quickly and easily No <laughs> I have never had a sexual encounter with more than one person involved. So you didn't think we would answer it? You fucking answered it.
2: We answered it. This is not the Orgy podcast. This is not a group sex, you know, do what you gotta do. Is, by the but way, we I'm not will judging. not be offering. Insights on it? No,
0: I have no, no perspective on more than two people in a sexual encounter. No, I don't have any, no, no history. Nope. eight three three lickface is the phone number.
4: It's Spike Mike, uh, intern Philip. This is Derek Bodner here calling. Since everybody's so upset about you calling Derek, or uh, excuse me, Daryl, Daryl. You should call him by his real name, his real official title, which is the president of basketball operations. So you guys should start referring to him as Mr. President. Thanks.
2: (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) Mr. Now you won't call a coach coach because they're not your coach, but calling Daryl Mr.
2: President would be fucking funny. I think that's, 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 respecting the, the office. Show some respect for the office of coach. Yeah. Okay. See, I see. didn't go to coach school. I didn't graduate eight years in coach school to not be called by my coach, title. Coach, 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 Mike, 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 coach, coach Mike. I ran a one, two, one, Coach, my ass off.
0: This comes from Serena, right? at gmail.com. I'm late on this, but I want to say how disappointed I am that the Chip Mitchell was not mentioned at all during the 10 year memories. Guy is a legend and a G. That's all. If you mention this on the pod, maybe he'll be, he will be promoted to write with a life update. Of course, unless of course he's fake like Philip, love the pod, TTP. Chip Mitchell has sent in, I would say the most memorable emails or some of the most memorable emails in the history of the pod. We haven't heard him in a while. I do think he probably should deserve to mention. I would love to hear what's going on with Chip and his coworkers and the, the stall, the bathroom stall, the microwave, so on and so
2: forth. Were you a Chip Mitchell guy? <laughs> am I a Chip Mitchell guy? <laughs> am I a guy? Am I a person who sends incomprehensible stories to a niche local podcast mm-hmm. guy? Yep. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. Just, just making sure.
0: 833 Lickface is the phone number. How about this one? Hey, Spike and Mike, this is Corey calling from Deford. I got a little
1: caught up on what Spike said on the recent pod in regards to talking about where Maxi stands in relationship to Dane. Look, maybe we can't make any flat, concrete statements about what Maxi's going to be next year, but can we like, really take a moment and consider the fact that the people that say Maxi is a crazy level of stud are not the people that just get caught up in his personality and his like fun nature. Like he is potentially, when you look at him right now, as he is right now, he's the greatest combination of shooting and speed that the league has ever seen. And he is keenly intent on improving every one of his weaknesses. And we're seeing that fully happen. Dr. J referred to him as the next coming of Iverson. Dr. J is not saying, he's not pulling that out of his butt. He's not saying it lightly. And that doesn't mean that's definitely going to happen by any means based on where Maxie is now. But he's saying that for a reason. Like There are very concrete things that point to Maxie being an unbelievable talent. And so I think we we need to have enthusiasm comparing him to Dame before Daryl gets any idea
0: that Maxie can be traded for anybody. Might want to chill
2: out a little bit on that. So I, I don't think this is all wrong. Someone pointed out to me, did you see that? um, So I'm blocked by this person, but someone pointed out to me that um, our old friend, Drew Hanlon is now uh, uh, training Maxie. I think, which I I really like a lot. And you can say a lot of things about you Hanlon, and we have, and that's why I was blocked by him during the Markel saga many years ago. you earned it, probably, probably, yeah,, okay. not arguing for an unblock. no, no don't no. really need to know what he has to say oh i'm not I'm not blocked. I thought I got blocked when
0: there was do you remember that quick video of when it looked like he was getting a hand job on the when he was sitting
2: courtside with the Sixers? Kinda yeah. CJ, if you look for that, I bet you can find it. So Anyway, continue. Um, Maxi working I think with it's, Hanlon. I think it's cool that Maxi is working with Hanlon. I think it's cool that Embiid had to play a role in Maxi working with Hanlon, either on the Hanlon side or the Maxi side or both. The fact that that was coordinated, I think is is cool and a good sign of those two guys having a little bit more. There's nobody that knows Joel's game intimately more than... Drew Hanlon Um, and I think like look at who Maxie has had as like coaching him and and like not necessarily like the most young person friendly skill development type coaches and now he's gonna he's working with Drew Hanlon who, who does have a great reputation for that and also Nick nurse who's gonna at least maniacally try to get him into like positive environments the fact that he's improved this much this is a point that was made to me i didn't i didn't come up with this but it's just it is an indicative of him on his own and his own work work ethic and his own drive to just become an absolute monster i think his speed is you know he's one of the fastest players in the league i don't know that i would say that he's the best combination of speed and shooting of all time but i like hearing it um and the shooting has obviously become excellent. And so like him adding new stuff to his game, that the, it's one of the major reasons. Obviously, the main reasons I want James Harden not on this team anymore is because there's a 0% chance that they win a championship with him on the team. Minor, minor fact. Yeah. That's obviously it. But yeah. the other one where there's also a, you know, a small percentage chance of them winning a championship with him off the team. But the other one is the other reason I want him off the team is because I want more responsibility on Tyrese Maxey's shoulders. I want him to have to work through... The issues and the struggles and the exhaustion of being the main engine of the offense, of not just bringing the ball up the court and then dumping it to somebody else and then go setting a screen and running like that kind of flow. He he is going to be responsible. He's gonna be running pick and roll. He's gonna be responsible for getting the ball to guys in position that they can score and also looking for a shot himself and also facilitating with Joel. It is a big responsibility. And would be a huge step forward in his growth. And I wanna see that. And I don't think we we can see that with uh with Harden gone. Obviously, if you if it's an, if it's one more year of Harden, then Maxi can do it next year, whatever, fine. But I just wanna start that clock on Maxie's improvement as a um as a primary ball handler, true point guard, um, so that he can work through those issues and get better at him because he's got he's just shown he's just shown how proven he is that he, he just continues to get better. And that he was willing to do what it takes and he's not scared of failing. He's not, there's nothing about him that indicates he won't improve in every aspect. He got better at defense. He got better, at shooting, all the stuff. I just trust the kid. And, and And not to mention the joy that like everybody loves playing with him. That also matters. Like, the whole package is, is perfect and he's beautiful and you hear only good things about Tyrese Maxey. And I, I want him to get more responsibility and and grow into the star that I think he's capable of becoming. That is all fair.
0: I have... Uh, his improvement is pretty wild. Yes. Especially from a shooting perspective. Has been pretty wild. I'm curious to see how much better he can get. Even if he had a play with a point guard who maybe wasn't such a fucking drag, it would be okay. Who just wasn't such a, you know, suck the life out of every possession. Because, no offense to Joel, Joel kind of sucks the life out of a lot of possessions too. And having Harden and Embiid on the court at the same time sucks the life almost completely out of the ball. So, I'm sure Maxie's Maxi benefited some from playing with Harden, but to your point, if they're going to keep them, I'd rather see what they have and give them a shot to do it and find out, you know, and by the way, you get to do it- keep Maxi. You mean, is that what you're saying? Well, if they're not going to trade them for somebody. Yeah. Like if, if they're going to keep them, I want to see what he's made of. And by the way, this would be a great year to do it before you're paying him. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be a nice year to see what he is capable of from a lead guard perspective. I think we, we have a pretty decent idea of what he can be as a scorer. I think there's, there's more there obviously, but for him to be like the total package, he's got to be a better lead guard. And I agree with you. I think giving him a chance to do some of that this year, you're not going to win a championship the other way. So,
2: yeah, you're probably you probably doesn't put it this way, but at you least may as well start have the have clock, yep. you may as well start at the clock on on what that looks like, and I don't know it just feels to to bring this we don't have to get it everything doesn't have to be a hardened conversation, but just to to bring the same team back just feels like such a spinning your wheels and needlessly angering obviously the fan base, but more specifically joel and he Joel maybe thinks like I want James back because he's maybe Daryl has maybe convinced him that that's the best chance they have it. Competing for a championship and this season, and that Joel's read in on future plans in a way that Daryl's not as explicitly saying to the public. But I just don't think it's going to work. It's, I'm just so confident that Harden coming back here, being upset, being varying degrees of upset, you know, the worst case version of him, you know strangling Jaden Springer in practice or the best case version of him just like looking like he did last year, like pretty good for the regular season to great sometimes. And then like for the most part, not contributing to real high level winning in the playoffs aside from like one or two games when, you know, the step back is going in. How about this? I'm not fucking watching it. (laughs) I'm not.
0: I'm not. James Harden has got to go. That could I'm be not angle. fucking
2: watching him play. If you either. really vow to not watch the Sixers, if James Harden is still on the team, that's an interesting angle going into our 10th season. cover, 11th
0: this. season. Our is 11th. it our 11th? Yeah, because we just passed 10 years, so this would be season 11. Right? I'm on strike from doing math. Yeah, we've, uh, we've finished 10 years, I think. Okay. I don't know. I, I I'm not. I don't I, think so. I don't know. I actually
2: don't know. Somebody think, else can. I don't figure think so. It. I think I'm. I think I was right initially. You're probably right. I I don't know. Um. I, I don't know. if that's I fun. Make that that's promise. a fun threat. It's it's a bigger threat than me not saying you know lickface until it, Okafor got traded. It is considering, like I do the the rundown and I yeah, I'm, but before a game or something, I can just tell you what happens. You can read about it. You know, you can look at the stats. You can watch some highlights. I guess. But to really not watch the games unless he's there, if he's, if he's there, I think it's an interesting, it's something to consider. We're in August, all, all, all ideas on the table. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to consider it.
0: I'm going to consider it. Speaking of which, uh, eight, three, three lick face. This is, this is actually terrible. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, just kind of following up on that caller from previous
4: episode, who outlined a conspiracy. You know, I don't think it's conspiracy, but what I do think might be a play here is Harden actually wants to stay in Philly. And he's using these, you know, trade me demands as a way to get Maury and the Sixers to crack and give him a more desirable long-term contract. Um, I kind of think that's what's at play here because staying in Philly is his best chance for winning. And, you know, uh, individual success. So, uh,
0: that's my, uh, theory here. All right. Thanks guys. Bye.
2: No, he just hopped it in. They're not going to give him, they're not going to give him more money now. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Mr. President would never. No, I did just count. Uh, this is our 11th season. Makes okay. it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it even worse. Body bio
0: is a sponsor of ours who we are proud of. We're proud that to be a partner with body bio. BodyBio is this supplement company that's in Jersey, family owned, family operated, but make some shit we really, really like. Speaking of shit, Gut Plus. Gut Plus is the only gut supplement you need. In fact, you can try it by going to BodyBio.com using code Mike's Tummy, all one word, for 20% off. I know a lot of people take gut supplements, a lot of people take probiotics, not harming you of course, but the best thing for your body, because there's a lot of different strains of probiotics, best thing for your body is for it to make its own, which your body does. But, and what Gut Plus does is it, it presents your body the most optimal situation to make its own probiotic. It is a prebiotic and a postbiotic. The prebiotic gets rid of the bad bacteria, makes your tummy in good shape to make its own probiotic. You will see all those symptoms you're trying to get rid of bloat, irregularity, et cetera, et cetera, gut plus. Use code Mike's Tummy for 20% off anything at bodybio.com. You get 20% off e 20% off liposomal vitamin C, 20% yep. off Calm, whatever you want. Try Gut Plus, try e try all of it. Use code Mike's Tummy for 20% off anything at bodybio.com. I did hear some communication from Mike at Body Bio. Okay, about, I was gonna ask about this.
2: About the influencer. Because I thought that I was like, we've been talking about it on the podcast. Surely he'll reach out to me and, and let me know. But he hasn't. And I haven't reached out to him. So I, I'm interested to see what you have to say. So if there was some bad blood or here. Well, look. my Not bad blood. Just him thinking I'm, I'm uh, an inadequate influencer.
0: I get the sense from Mike that he okay. believes in you as an influencer. Okay. And they're just biding their time. Until sweeps. Until sweeps, as you suspected. Okay. So, so I I believe that at some point soon and I'm going to need the guy who sent in that long email, I'm going to need everyone to keep their eyes open on, you know, on TikTok and um now let me ask you this. If he was to buy a television commercial and put your video
2: in it, would you would that violate that would not violate yeah. your your I okay. I could if I wanted to act in or write a commercial, that would be fine. Okay. All right. So you can. But be if he puts it on television, I might ask for more money. Hmm. If it became a national ad campaign <laughs> that I was in, I, I might want to renegotiate there. Okay. Well, we keep, I'm just asking everybody keep your eyes open. TikTok,
0: TV commercials, okay. magazine ads, whatever. A uh, Facebook. Ad. You know, <laughs> Instagram. Whatever. Hopefully that'll happen soon. Code Mike's tummy bodybio. This comes from Scott writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Spike, Mike, and CJ. I recently had a thought and revelation regarding Embiid's future that I think is somewhat important that I haven't heard mentioned before. With all the speculation and worry about the dreaded potential trade request from Joel Embiid, isn't it fair to say there is just no way Daryl will actually heed the request? He's shown us with Simmons and now with Harden, he doesn't seem to play by the same rules everyone else does. He signed through 2027 and I really can't see a world where this happens. Well, I believe I said they weren't gonna trade them. I, I don't think it's a it's a concern. I just I actually I'm hundred percent not concerned. I by the time Joel Embiid is requesting a trade, I don't even think Daryl Morey's here, to be quite honest with you, if that were to ever happen.
2: So I don't know. I was thinking and I was wondering. Like here's why I don't I, I was briefly concerned. I'm like, is Daryl have an exit plan and wants to go somewhere else? I was Hi, him hiring Nick Nurse seems to indicate some he wants commit, to more yeah. commitment to wanting to be here. And like, where else would he want to go, I guess? Um, I don't think he
0: wants to go anywhere.
2: I don't think so either. So, yeah. but I was it's just something that crossed my mind. Non-basketball question. A lot of
0: airplane talk recently. So thought this question would be appropriate. A huge pet peeve of mine is airplane passengers. Now, he says a lot of airplane talk recently. It's all been about shitting and seeing other people shit in the air in the airplane. So that's what the and, airplane. And moving talks. about the cabin and moving about the cabin. A huge pet peeve of mine is airline pla- airplane passengers that rush upon landing to grab their carry-ons and flood the aisles to leave. Sure. I actually find it incredibly rude that say after 3 hours or so of airtime that you're so impatient that you need to jump one or two rows in front of the order so badly. Additionally, I believe this phenomenon is actually counterproductive and slows down the entire deplaning process. The crowds and unnecessary contact and mild confrontations, I think, cost more uh, cost more time than if someone happens to be a little slow to reach up and move out. Curious what you guys think. Totally agree. What are we rushing oh, for? Oh, yeah. The door's yeah. shut. So the last time, when I was in Vegas a few weeks ago, I, um, uh, I'm on the way back, and our flight was delayed hours and hours and hours. Finally get back late at night. And this guy sitting next to me He has fucking shoes off the entire time. Mm -hmm. He goes to the bathroom three times. He's like moving around so much. The plane lands, it gets to the gate and he looks at me and he goes, Hey, would you mind if I, if I, if I got out here now I'm on the aisle, he's in the middle seat and I had finally had enough and I go, bro, where do you think you're going? (laughs) And he just looks at me. I go, there's nowhere to go. I said, I have to leave too. We're all leaving. And I didn't get up. And I made him fucking sit there.
2: You don't mind saying something antagonistic to someone. Well, you do not mind if I get out? What are you talking about? I'm getting, everybody's getting out. No, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree with your position. Yeah. I would just be more reluctant to say something like that and then have to sit (laughs) next next to him him still. My armpits would just sweat out of my body he seemed like a pussy honestly <laughs> you're ready to fight is, there, is what you're saying
0: <laughs> it came down to fighting wow he did have a friend there i'm sure he kicked my ass maybe he's hearing us. i don't know fucking dude like chill out that's all i'm saying okay. do you mind if i get out yes what, where, where am i going Anyway, 833 Lickface is the uh, phone number. Oh, yeah, I say we go to this one.
4: Yo, guys, in response to the airplane shitting lady, I have a story in which I was once in her seat. So in college, we had like 10 bathroom stalls, and the one at the end was a handicapped stall, so it's kind of prime shitting real estate. And we didn't have any handicapped kids on the floor or anything, so I'm not being a jerk for using it. And I go in right, shitting, and somebody comes into the bathroom and comes down to the handicapped stall and just starts trying to, like, yank the door open, like, really, really hard, so it's, like, banging and rattling around, and after, like, way too long, he finally gives up and goes into the stall right next door, I'm like, couldn't he have, like, gone a couple down, but he doesn't, and then I see him, like, fidgeting around in there, and his feet aren't, like, pointing the toilet as if he's pissing or pointing away as if he's sitting down and shitting. Then I see his left foot rise up out of you. And then some fingertips come curl over the stall wall. Then his right foot rises up out of you. And suddenly his head pops up over the stall and he's just fucking looking at me. and I yell at him. I'm like, yo, what the hell are you doing? He, he just goes like, Oh, Oh, Oh my fault, my fault, my fault! And I'm like, well, fuck yeah! Like, what are you doing? And he just like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, my fault, my fault. And then he just runs out of the bath, and I'm like finishing up, you know, wiping. And thank you. I while I'm getting the toilet paper, a joint falls out of the toilet paper dispenser. So I'm like, oh, he's he's looking for this joint, I guess. And I was kind of like, well, it's my joint now. <laughs> And I really thought about smoking it but I don't want to use the poop joint thank you so I just actually flushed it and then I flushed few, it yeah you it know, just got cut off but the end of the poop booker story decide not to smoke the joint and I see this guy a couple of days later and he's really awkward and eventually just kind of goes like so it's, uh, it's like the weather like outside today and I just say I, have, I haven't been up there yet and then we never talked again and he uh, saw him like turn around, and walk the other way sometimes when I was coming and you know, just like generally avoided me because I guess he felt pretty bad about watching me poop. Thanks. Bye.
0: Wow. Mike, would you have smoked the poop joint?
2: No. <laughs> no. It's just at a certain point, just can't be worth it. So I ask you this. I know
0: you were just telling me that you are instinctively against
2: confrontation.
0: Let's say you're in the stall. Yeah, yeah. I would At say
2: a, I, I, I try to avoid it, you know, first, second, third options are avoiding it. And then okay. you, 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 if you have to do it, you have to do it. So you're
0: in the handicap stall. It's yeah. cool because there's no handicapped kids on your floor. You're in the handicap stall doing number two. Mm-hmm somebody gets in the stall next to you
2: climbs on the seat you see he climbs on the seat you see his fingers curl here's over exa- the top. here's exactly what i would say <laughs> here's exactly what i would say and i'm 100% sure this guy was this guy was pretty, the other guy was pretty aggressive in his yeah. response yeah well i would reasonably say, yeah. yeah reasonably yeah, here's what sure. i here's what i would have said uh, that's what i would have said <laughs> It would have been like that pretty, pretty easily. Um, and uh, hopefully he would get the point, which is we shouldn't be making eye contact right now. This isn't no. a place for us to make eye contact. No. I should never be looking up at another person when I'm in a stall taking a shit. There should never be. I should never look at that. It should be one person and it's God that I'm looking at when I'm looking up. not another Human person. Unless he was trying to tell you about a fire. Doesn't need to make eye contact with me for that. It's <laughs> a good point.
0: This email comes to Ray to Ricky right, Sanchez at gmail.com. NBC Sports did an article where they talk about the Sixers' death, starters, etc. I don't know how they would get that information, but whatever. Toby is listed as the starting three, while Pump Fake PJ is the starter at the four with B-Ball Paul backing him up. Any chance we could start B-Ball Paul instead? I mean, P.J. was supposed to be at least a threat from the corners, but even he's even suspect there, too. It can't be worse than P.J. and Toby starting right. At least B-Ball Paul is dynamic, while we can limit P.J.'s minutes off the bench and preserve his fossilized remains.
2: I mean, I think you can... Again, I don't really care about who starts. I think you can limit P.J.'s minutes as a starter. If, it's if he's the on the team. If he's on it doesn't even seem
0: like he's going to be on the team.
2: We don't know who's yeah. allowed to be on the roster, right. if they're gonna carry a roster, if they're gonna have everyone masked to begin the season, you're not gonna know until they reveal mm. themselves. Like slipknot. Um yeah, like a slipknot thing. Yeah. Um <laughs> and uh It's fucking podcast. But yeah, I don't think I I don't think it matters. But I, I would say well, it matters if B-Ball Paul starts. That would be a significant... I, Well, that would be fun if you all started the four, but I, I don't think I would like that. I think I would prefer that he occasionally fills in at the four and him and Mo, him and Embiid are together, him and Mo are together, give a little more rim protection than just B-Ball on his own or just Embiid on his own. But I think starting them together is a, a little bit of a bridge too far for me, especially because the Sixers have, you know, several power forwards as is. Now, his second question uh, calls for this song, I think.
0: I play like this, this. I don't play like that. I play, I'm pretty intense. Mike playing basketball. Mike playing basketball. I'm in my bar.
2: Honestly, sign
0: me. Mike, when I run ball, I like to get others involved running the point. I have a shot, legit perimeter D, and defense above average all around game. Above average compared to who? Well, that's the open question. Okay. What's your position, strengths, and weaknesses?
2: Um... Okay. It's more helpful if somebody else does this, obviously. Um, It's better if you do. Might need to get Jake Pavorsky on the pod. He's played with me once, so we could could see that. Um, Usually, point guard, drive and kick. Some finishing at the rim. Not much side to side. More north-south. I have a low dribble. I hit the hole hard. I go up strong. But over the last month or two, and I'm I'm an inconsistent shooter. Um, but over the last month or two, my shot has been really, really good. Mm. I've been hitting, a t- I've been hitting a ton. It's been weird. I've been shooting it more confidently spike. Uh, my team is up to three and one. We just beat the undefeated team. Uh, this is Alyssa on the coach? Night. Alyssa's not the coach, but Alyssa does watch and, okay. and, and occasionally film me and then, uh, tell me like, you know, notices some stuff and tells me that, which is always helpful. Mm. She's good at, uh, helping me out there. um, and so the shot is coming along, and I'm getting more confident. And so much of shooting is just being confident, rising up, uh, and repetition and stuff. So I've been I've been playing a lot of ball, and it's been looking good. So I don't know, my game is evolving. I really do think over the last month or two, I've been playing the best basketball of my life. It's wow, bizarre. It's bizarre to feel that way, but it, I I am at 33. I am, as the song says, as the jingle says, I am in I am in my prime. This is bizarre. Wow, that is good to hear. i mean, I'm happy for you. Thank you, man. And I and it's I'm I've always prided myself so much on defense and my the guys that the, the the players I like are defense first players for the most part and as I've become a better shooter and taken on a bigger role offensively my defense is slipping and I <laughs> don't really care yeah, it well, is so much more fun to score yes. when you're good at it yeah you gotta get
0: buckets man yeah, yeah I'm like uh, you guys yeah. got
2: this you guys got this no I'm still playing defense but but uh, definitely not going as 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 hard as I would otherwise if I was more. Of a role player offensively, but I've been I've been I've been playing well. It's been nice. It's been nice, Spike.
0: Before we get to this next email, I just want to shout out uh, Louise on YouTube who said the poop joint is an instant classic. Mm. This came from Christian and Kate. The subject line was "Let me tell you how the Ricky got me my dream house." What a weird, wonderful, unexpected little community. I'm 40 years old, and as most people in their 40s realize, you have fewer friends, and it's tough to find any sort of community. I don't know any realtors or mortgage professionals, so when it came time for my wife and I to buy our house, we didn't have any firsthand knowledge to rely on. I thought, let me see if Spike and Mike are full of shit or not. I have to admit, my wife was a little cautious when I told her I'm going to rely on the people from that Sixers podcast I listened to to get us a house. Understandable in so many ways. So understandable. She trusted me and I trusted you. Turns out you're not full of shit. I reached out to Kasebe and Mortgage CS to get this thing rolling. Adam hooked me up with a local realtor in Havertown who has an amazing network and a wonderful reputation, found them their dream house. Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. Now, before I get to Kasebe's specialty, you can get in touch with him, 302-864-8643. Adam Kasebe If you're in PA, if you're in Jersey, if you're in New York, if you're in any state but Delaware or Maryland, he can't buy you a house or he can't help you sell your house. But what he can do is like what he did for them is find you a realtor. What he will do is he will interview realtors. He will talk to um, all of the people in his network and find you the right person. It's a great tool to have. Now, if you want a Delaware beach home, if you want a home anywhere in Del- Delaware or Maryland and those Delaware beach homes, they are the shit. If you can afford it, get one of those, rent it out a lot of the summer, then you get a shore house and you get an investment opportunity. But it's really hard to find a good house and you need the right person. Adam Cassabi is that person. His team based out of Long and Foster and Bethany Beach at the entire Delaware Beaches on unlocked. Rehoboth, Lewis, Bethany, Dewey, all those places, Kasebi. If you need anything, 302-864-8643. That is 302-864-8643. That is his cell number. You can call him or text him or send him an email at adam at processrealtor.com, adam at processrealtor.com. Is it true that it's a bit of a reach to go to a Sixers podcast for a giant purchase like a home? Probably, but we're not the ones getting you the home. It's Adam Kasebi doing it. Adam be the official realtor
2: of the process. This comes can from I, Can I ask you something? Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I've, keep, I've been having these notes. Okay. Next to my fucking, under the, I have the roster here and it's color coded of who just signed and who just got hurt. I just turned Mantras Harrell. Like this color is now red. It's a whole system here. And then under the notes, I'm, I have like little trade options or trade proposals and I have 2024 free agents possibilities here, just trying to And I just keep saying the same thing for Hardener Tobias, Hardener Tobias. And I pitched Orlando as a Tobias destination. But what about Orlando as a James Harden destination? Obviously, he wouldn't choose it himself. But if you say, if you told him like, hey, we could trade you there. Or you could come back here. They have the best offer. Do you think that he would do it? And would you do it? Here's a here's just a trade possibility. And I'm throwing your way on the fly. Harden and Corkmaz? No. For Markel, Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, Chuma, and a first-round pick. I'm sorry. There's just no way Orlando would do that. Here's why I think that they would. You're, they needed a consolidation. I've been saying this for a long time, but they definitely do. Markel's expiring. Gary Harris expiring. Chuma expiring. Jalen Huggs has two, two years left on his rookie deal. They just drafted Anthony Black, who's young but big. They have Cole Anthony also to play they have Jed Howard on the wing that also is pretty ball more ball dominant than you'd expect for a wing. they have Paolo they haven't made the playoffs in forever like they this could be a let's make the playoffs. We don't have to commit to harden for like long term if it works out you can, but this is like a guarantee get us in the playoffs type of thing. You have Harden with Paolo and uh Franz Wagner and you know, Wendell Carter and if John Isaac ever plays and doesn't just do, you know, shit posting. Uh, there's like, that's like a team, that's like, that's like a powerful seven or eight players that would make the playoffs. Whereas like, as it is, they're still like, if they want to accelerate a little bit, but without mortgaging anything, I guess is the idea. It just seems to me that if he was going to go to Orlando, he would just stay in Philadelphia, right? Unless he just doesn't, really just doesn't want to be there. He feels so personally hurt that he could go, have more of a you know so I'm I'm gonna answer your question go ahead
0: and say yes I would make that trade you would yes but also I don't think Orlando would make that trade
2: but yeah I I also think that they probably wouldn't want to throw in multiple picks and I think those other guys are role players even even Jalen Suggs who I like a lot and I think could be a high level role player is still going to be a role player and I feel like Daryl probably wouldn't do it unless it was like at least two picks. And I feel like Orlando might be reluctant to do that. Speaking of hard I'm just trying, I'm, I'm trying to find something. Well, here's, here's I'm, try, I'm digging here. Spike. Let me throw this one at you. Okay.
0: And I think you will say no, but dear Spike and Mike, this comes from Joe, writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. I have three emails in my drafts that I could not send because I would sound just as crazy as the uni data scientist who threatened to take his manifesto to a competing news outlet. <sighs> I used the trade machine while blindfolded, can't rest see in the roster roster yet, to check the trade Smart. machine and came up with the following. Harden to the Suns, Dame to the Heat, Aiton and Duncan Robinson to the Blazers, and Tyler Hero to the Sixers. It's not ideal, but let me hear but hear me out. The Blazers have a big and a shooting wing to play with their young guards, and I, like Mike, appreciate their upside. This allows them to find a trade for Nurkic and continue to get younger. The Suns continue their run of being star hunters and get the distributor they want. The Heat get the return they want for the package they're comfortable with. Now, the Sixers are probably the least likely to be interested in this, but I think they should be. Hero is a bucket getter and a shooter. And while the deal looks bad now, it will be more cap friendly than anyone on the free agent market next year. People are down on Hero because he's being compared to Dame um, and the upside of Maxi to an extent. But I genuinely believe he and Maxi are a nice pair of players that should fit well on offense. We would need to go heavy on the defensive wings to play with them. If these guys both play like they did against each other in the playoffs two years ago, I believe it's a pairing that can win you playoff games. I believe the Sixers have the largest talent golf as far as the returns, so we should be able to get some picks as sweeteners. I don't believe that we can get a true upgrade in a hardened trade, and I'm a bigger believer in Hero than most. I just think the fit and upside are there, and I really believe he can play off Joe in a similar role to JJ. I also acknowledge that he is a prime candidate to lose one of his set of skills and be useless. Um,
2: I think the only team that does this is Miami in this four-team trade. So the Blazers
0: get Aiton and Duncan Robinson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they would need plenty of picks. A lot.
2: Yeah. DeAndre Aiton is... I think the Suns would low. do it. I don't think this, the Suns would then have a lineup of Harden, Beal, Booker, Durant. And I think that you get... That is too far in the direction of... <laughs> You'd have, you have to respect You only have it. one ball. I understand that you have to respect it. And odds are at least fifty percent of those players wouldn't get hurt if yep. you had four of them, but I don't think that that's a I don't think that that's feasible, even just from a defensive perspective. Uh, he says I don't have mental clarity
0: after that rant, so I'll just note that I love the stateside iced teas. Yeah, I and him.
2: I and I don't think I don't think here was a bad player. I don't think he sucks. I just don't he's think that player. that he has like tremendous upside. I think he's going to be a bad defensive player no matter what, and. I think Maxi is just better than him in in pretty much, in, in in most ways. I think he would be a a good player to have on the roster. I think he would be
0: a good fit with Embiid. I do think, sure. yeah, he'd be a nice he nice sixth man on the roster for sure. He is, um, I mean, he is specifically the things he is better than Maxi at are the things we would like Maxi to improve at. He's a better ball but handler, but hero's also not
2: passer. great at them. He's, he's good just, at them though. He's so okay. Eh. They were. I think I he's I mean, a Miami was a bad offense because they had limited shooting and not that much like distribution. Well, he's not a point guard, yeah,
0: but he's shown more of that than I think Maxi has.
2: Yeah, he, but he's been asked to do more of that than Maxi sure. has, and I, I believe in Maxi. I believe in like the height of their value. And like, fast forward four years, if Maxi, if Harden's off the team and Maxi gets to do this, I believe Maxi will be better at every element of basketball than Tyler Hero.
0: Um, this comes from Kevin, writes tricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike, Mike, and CJ. Long time, first time. (laughs) Here we go. If each of your significant others were to come to you and propose a 76ers player to cuckold you, (laughs) who would you most prefer to hear them say? Similarly, who would you be most upset over? I could see Tyrese and B-Ball Paul being tender lovers. Conversely, Mantras could be the worst case scenario.
2: First of all, I should say that I think this would be a weird ask. <laughs> if Alyssa came to me and said this, I'd I'd be pretty caught off guard. And I it I would, would be, be surprised. Just tend to ask, like, is this, are you sure?
0: Because not this only...
2: Like a deeper, does this indicate something deeper in the relationship or... Is it one off? I I feel <laughs> Do like you just I'd be want me to quit the podcast. Do you, are you just asking that I quit the podcast? Is that what yeah. you're asking? Yeah. What's the What's the question behind the question?
0: Because because it would be one thing for her to say, "Hey, I would like to sleep with somebody else." It would be that would be uncomfortable. Obviously, it'd be another thing to say, "I would like to sleep with somebody else," and it is a sixer. But then to have the scenario be, "I would like to sleep with somebody else. I would prefer that be a sixer," and I want you to okay. be what like
2: watching it helplessly yeah. and to pick who just that uh, which I think is, is pretty bizarre I think yeah. all of it is, is yeah it's it's kind of a bizarre ask um, <laughs> that said that said <laughs> I don't know that there would be one over another that would be better I, uh-huh. do I consider like how they play on the court to be like a factor of whether or not I would be more comfortable with that scenario it's I don't like know cuckolds. do I want her to end up with someone that I think is like good-looking and we'll be nice. Yeah. Or the opposite. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I haven't thought about this too hard. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty a weird to ask. Uh, I guess if it's like Philip Petrushev, I'd be like, fuck you. No way. Mm-hmm. He's not even guaranteed to make the roster. Yeah. That's crap. And if it was like, you know, Tobias or D'Anthony Melton, I'd probably be like, or Cork Miles, I'd probably be like, all right, I get it. I get it. And Maxi's too young. Come on. So you, you wouldn't mind being, cut. <laughs> I think in the scenario where I've already asked this, we've already gotten further down the road of like why this is being proposed to me, and if if it's if it belies any deeper issue that we should discuss. And we finally got to the place where I'd be like, okay, here's my answer. Then yeah, I guess I guess those would be my answers. Probably yeah. Okay, that sounds fair. Um, hmm. 833 You're not going to answer?
0: <laughs> you know like you this would be a strange ask for my wife to want to be in a cuckold scenario with yeah. a, a Sixers player and me. I feel like Alyssa watches the Sixers more than Val does. Val so. does not watch the Sixers at all anymore. Right. She was very in. You know, if this were the years where she did watch, she would pick Nocioni.
2: Nocione?
0: Uh, She loved Nocione. Oh, my God. Yeah, she loved Nocione. She loved the Williams. She loved Drew Holiday. She loved Iggy. The current Sixers, who would I... I really, I would just prefer that she not pick any of the players,
2: I think, at the end of the day. I guess I didn't know that was an option. (laughs) Okay. 833 face. Hey Spike,
3: Mike, CJ and Daryl This is Joel from California Just wanted to uh, First time a long time by the way Love the pod I just wanted to ask you guys Basketball question What if you had to choose Would be the best Of the last 10 years Like moments for the Sixers And we talk a lot about how weird the Sixers have been And terrible and rightly so But I don't know What's one moment that you genuinely cherish actually I don't even know which one I would choose maybe the Raptors game winner by Embiid uh, the other year that was pretty cool non-basketball question recently watched the episode of Bluey about cricket and has gotten me kind of into cricket it's a pretty interesting sport you guys could choose one sport that's not popular in the U.S. to make popular what do you guys think you would choose I think I might choose cricket at this point all right take care guys Peace.
0: Well, I'd pick hockey be nice if that was popular in the US. Um, what was his
2: first thing? Best Sixers moments. Um, right. I, I mean, I, I think the, I know MB mine The Embiid game actually. winner was cool because it was Embiid hitting a game winner in the playoffs, but that was a series that they should have won easily. So it wasn't, yeah. it didn't really feel like a ton, even though that was very cool. And I'm sure my reaction to it was awesome. Um, the pick swapping was pretty good. <laughs> um and be doing the airplane when they went up to one in toronto and it felt like oh we're gonna get to the conference finals which not to spoil it if you haven't watched that season they didn't do um you know the joel playing joel's first game that is mine was great against the thunder
0: hitting him screaming over Steven Adams, Adams him sick. screaming late in the game that Steven Adams couldn't guard him mm-hmm. was awesome that was my favorite one and um, I, my second one is when they were 0 and 18 and they beat the lakers in Kobe's was that Kobe's last year i think it was Kobe's last year 2016 or, yeah yeah um that 2015 15 16 season yeah i that was that was a that was a really good moment. They lost 28 straight games over two seasons. That That's was a tough. good one.
2: The yeah. TJ game winner was nice. I mean, like, as far yeah. as... I think the stuff during the process itself was, like, more ironic than anything else because the the yeah. stakes were so low. So I think it's hard to give it to that just because it was a more stress-free environment mm-hmm. aside from just having to argue with idiots all the time. Um, but... As far as... As far as like really, really good, just only positive moments. <laughs> Mike Muscala hitting that shot in the bubble really is one. They needed that so bad. They needed that pick so desperately bad. And, uh, and obviously Maxi's become what he's become. Is there any other really good ones? I guess if I rewatched that Toronto series, there was probably a play prior to the Kawhi shot that I would say was close. I think it was free throws that were hit before that might've been Jimmy hitting free throws right before that or Tobias. I don't remember. It was Jimmy. It was Jimmy.
0: It was. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, even the Jimmy trade, but I, yeah, I mean, I was probably pretty bummed about Covington and Dario just sentimentally, but there hasn't been a ton of great moments because they haven't, Gotten past the second round of the playoffs, and when Daryl says there's no difference, he says that you know I'm focused on winning a championship. Obviously, it would be nicer if this team had had more positive, memorable moments in the playoffs, which at this point cannot happen until a second round victory happens. So I think it's a bad sign for your franchise and a bummer for your fans. If there aren't more very, even if it's not winning a championship, good highs in the path to trying to achieve one, the Phillies didn't win a championship last year, but Bryce Harper's home run ruled Reese Hoskins home run ruled, Mm -hmm. you know, Ranger getting the last out kicked ass a ton of great, moments that i will remember for a long time i'm sure miami fans feel similar about this run and maybe part of that is the unexpected nature of it but at this point a Sixers team making it past the second round would be unexpected Incredibly and i would unexpected. be happy about it and there would be fun positive memorable moments that we wouldn't forget in that path so don't say it it's title or no one nothing else no one else gives a shit i would give a shit on the way to a title More than I do now if they get past the goddamn second round. Yeah,
0: you know, like at this point, getting past the second round is almost like winning the title. That's right. You know,
2: yeah, they'll say like the AFC championship game is actually the Super Bowl because these are the two best teams. Like for the Sixers, like the second round is the Super Bowl. If you win it, then you'll you have won the Super Bowl. One day, maybe. (laughs) That's all I got. Nothing else.
0: Can't look at the roster. Daryl Morey is at the basketball tournament with Jake Bavorski and LL. We haven't had any group sex. Mike wants to be cuckolded by Tobias Harris. I want to ask some questions first, I guess. (laughs) But his basketball game offensive, at least, is fucking better than ever. So It is. Feels good. Um, All right. We will talk to you next time. Oh, my God, please. I just need something to happen.
2: Then oh I my god, Jesus you. Christ It's okay. August, baby We'll talk to you, you next time, are you down with TTP? Then I yeah, fuck
3: with you. you know
2: mm. Link If bass. you don't fuck with me Then, then I, won't I won't fuck, fuck with, you. with
1: you If you don't fuck with me Then, then I, I, will, I, won't I won't fuck, fuck you. with you But if you fuck with me I'm gonna, yeah. fucking, I'm gonna, gonna fucking kill you, you. Time for plan